in chapter 16. I've tried looking at a few other writings or commentaries on the Revelation. I'll tell you, you just, all it does is it's a confusion. It really is. It's, it's confusion. Uh, and what really bothers me is that so many of these writers, they write it down as if this is it. And they're not even really dealing with what's there. You know, I like to just go to Scripture and see what Scripture says. All right. Now we're on the last series of judgments, you can call them, but they're not all that. Uh, The vials or the bowls of wrath. And so I think we got through the third one last Last time, didn't we? Sunday afternoon. Uh, in verse 8 of chapter 16. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat. And blasphemed the name of God, which hath power Over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, And the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragons, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of demons. And again, you see devil in the plural. It's always demons. Dimonials. Uh... They are the spirits of demons working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake, and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And therefore fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Now... 
You mean the Armageddon? Well, that's at the that will be at the end of the seventieth week. There's another battle at the end of the millennial. That's Gog and Magog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he'll be there too because he'll be unleashed. Yeah. I thought you said Satan. No, he's the saints. Saints. Well, if if there's the rapture at the midst of the week, they'll come back with him. We'll be on his side. Yeah. If it's at the end, then they're going to, we're going to be right up to it. So that's, that's, I don't know for sure. All right. Yeah. All right, verse 8. The fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. I even had one commentator that said, threw it up to the sun. (laughs) That's not what that says. I don't know, that's what I'm saying. You, you read them, you just get, my, where'd they come up with that at? Anyway, it plainly says he poured out his vial upon the sun. That absolutely gives you this. There's an angel pouring out on the sun. Now, you say, well, that's all symbolic. Well, it doesn't seem symbolic to me. Angel's real, vial's real, wrath's real, sun's real. I mean, you know, it's just... It, uh, back chapter 8 of Revelation when the fourth trumpet sounded in verse 12 chapter 8 verse 12 the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten and the third part of the moon, the third part of the stars, so as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Now there, the sun is smitten. A third part of it is. It goes dark. I don't know how it works. I know the one who made it has absolute control over it. But now here with the fourth trumpet, uh, power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. Now I think, and I can't tell this for sure, the fourth angel, I think that power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. Now that word scorch, it's the word for burned. Now we know that the sun is 93 million miles away from the earth. Something in that vicinity. Give or take a few miles. We also know 
that if the sun is uh, just a, a click or two further away, we'll go into an ice age. We'll freeze to that. If it's a click or two closer, we'll burn up. Now, does God move the sun? I don't know. We hear about sun spots. If you watch telescope observatory uh, videos of the sun, you can see the around the corona, you can see the flames. Well, that looks like they're just a little short flame, but they're they're way out in there. <laughs> they are. Flares. Huh? Flares. Yeah, some flare, flare ups, yeah. Uh, so I don't know about you. Have you anybody ever really been sunburned? You get sick. I mean, it makes you sick, your body sick when you really, and I mean, you can kill yourself sunburning, you know. So, to scorch men with fire. Now, that's what's going to happen. Whoever's here, uh, and men were scorched with great heat. But now they blaspheme the name of God. Well, blaspheme means to rail at, cast aspersions, say evil things to God. Now, not for a minute do I think this is this is chastisement or discipline on this earth. It's wrath of God on this earth. But I think there's a little similarity here. If anybody has ever spanked a child, I don't know that I know anybody's ever done that, but but I remember this. I don't I don't I won't do it no more. I won't do it no more. Did anybody ever say that? Raise your hand if you ever said that in the process of getting whooped. I won't do it no more. I'm sorry. I won't do it no more. But what if you had a, had a child that you were whipping like that and that child turned around and cursed you? You know that you and that child are in deep, serious trouble. Wouldn't you? You got all through the Bible. God has used various things to teach people things. One that comes to mind, the book of Amos. God said, I've given you cleanness of teeth. Now how he gave them cleanness of teeth, he put them in a famine. They, if you don't eat food, you don't get food between your teeth. You don't need a toothpick if, you, if you've got no food. So God says in his mercy, he gave them cleanness of teeth. 
He gave them blasting. He gave them mildew. And they still did not come around. Well, what do we got here? Men were scorched with great heat. And they repented not to give him glory. Well, let me just say this. The Armenian persuasion. Oh, if we just do more, we can get more people saved. If we just cry more, pray more, have longer invitations. Instead of 18 verses of just as I am, we'll make 38 verses. And we'll send people from all over to go back and drag them down the aisles. I mean, that's what goes on. That may be extreme, but that's what goes on in essence. Well, if just a little more, we just didn't do quite enough. But now the Bible tells us to preach the gospel to every creature. And when you do that, you go ahead and preach the gospel. But what if God would just do more and he could bring, they'd all change your mind and come on to him? No. No, we found this out all around here. Uh, the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus was with the Lord. The rich man was in hell. Lift up his eyes, being in torment. But you need to notice everything that the rich man said. He never one time asked to come out of hell. To come out of hell, he would have had to bow the knee to Jesus. Wasn't no chance of doing that, but I mean, that's, that's what it would have taken. And he would not have this man to reign over him. So he's where he belongs. But anyway, we're, we're not going to do anything. You can't be tough enough with them to make them change. So what, well, maybe if I present some different arguments, the only argument you need to pre present is the word of truth. Amen. And the fifth angel poured out his vial. Upon the seat of the beast. Now that word seat. Is thronos. The same word for throne. So that's the throne of the beast. So obviously at this time. The beast. Is world ruler. But. Here's what the fifth angel poured out. The kingdom of the beast was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain. Well, you can't separate all these pouring out of the wrath of God. If he poured out his wrath on the sun... 
the sun in a 24-hour period reaches the whole globe. Doesn't it? I'm no astronomer or a meteorologist, but I know it, the same sun uh, is a figure that you're burned up from the sun. And it's so dark, you can't even go out of the house. You reckon that would be worth in all their tongues for pain? I think it is. Uh, don't forget you've got bloody rivers and, and dead man's blood in, in them and then the oceans. Now you burn up scorched with the sun. I mean, open sores. That's what you've got. I mean, you, you take a, a bad enough sunburn, they put you in the hospital, and they list you as a, whatever first, second, third degree burns. I don't know whether they did this in the army or not, but, you know, if, 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 you, if you get in the sun, lay out in the sun and get sunburned where you've got to go to sick bay, you can be court-martialed for malingering. Huh? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's at UCMJ, yeah. Uh, because what you've done, you've purposely or knowingly injured yourself that you can't perform your duties that you're bound to with the government. So it can be a serious thing, being sunburned. But it looks like that's going to be, I don't think there's going to be any amount of, uh, what do you call that, lotion? Huh? Yeah, sunblock, yeah. I don't think you're going to make any sunblock enough to block this sun. Not after this goes on. So, the seat of the beast, the throne, and his kingdom is full of darkness. And look at verse 11. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. Now, I think it's safe to say that this Euphrates is the same Euphrates that's in Iraq today. Let me, get, let me give you this now. Look over in Genesis. I'm in Eden. Oh. Uh, huh? Is it two? Chapter two? Can't see where I am. Verse, yeah, verse 10. A river went out of Eden to water the garden which composite the whole land of Havilah 
where there's gold and the gold of that land is good. There's delium and the onyx stone. Uh, and the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is uh, Hidekel. Uh, that is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. So those rivers in the Garden of Eden. But now here's something you have to think about. You've had a world. You, well, first you had the you had the fall of Adam. And there's no telling what, what happened to the earth after the fall of Adam. I don't believe it remained the same. That's why he drove them out of the Garden of Eden. So you had one catastrophe right there. Then, at the flood of Noah's day, with everything that occurred with the flood, the earthquakes, the tectonic plate movement, the volcanoes, and just the violent flood, the whole topography of the earth. And then at the end of the flood, mountains grew. So, is this the same, is that where the Garden of Eden is? You, we don't know, but probably not. Uh, look, I said, where, where there's gold. Don't you think people would have tried, tried to find it by now? Well, sure they would have. Anyway, so, but I do believe this is, this is the same Euphrates that we know about in Iraq today. So, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now the kings of the east, if you get your map, and you look where the Euphrates is, it cuts right down a line, just about like that. Well, east is that way. Well, man, you've got Mongolia, you've got all of Ru you've got Russia, you've got China, you've got Korea, Japan. You've got it all, the East. And all except Japan, uh, they're not our friends. Uh, Mongolia might be somewhat, uh, but they're not really a major part of that. But anyway, that the kings of the East might be prepared. Well, now, would that, would that get you upset if, you, if you're in Israel? Well, if that Euphrates River dries up, all those millions of troops can march. They don't have to have tanks and trucks and roads and horses and all that. But they'll march them. And that's their inroad to get into the Holy Land. And even though Israel is such a small country, and they say it's about the size of Rhode Island, that's what it is. Something along that way. They're all, all of those people are, Israel's it, buddy. So, there's a way of the kings of the east. And then verse 13, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Well now the dragon of course is Satan. 
The beast is the first beast that we got in Revelation 13, the, the Antichrist. The second beast is the false prophet. But out of each of those came something that looked like a frog. Well, I'm not against a frog. But would you like to live in a country where there was a plague of frogs? Like it, like in e- Egypt? <laughs> you get tired of them in a few days. But anyway. anyway, these unclean spirits like frogs. They weren't frogs, they liked frogs. Came out of the mouth of the dragon, the beast, the false prophet. And verse 14 tells us plainly, they are the spirits of demons working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. And then we'll find verse 16, that's the battle of Armageddon. Well, this is it for this time. Like I said, after the thousand year millennial reign, Satan will be unleashed and he'll go back, back over the earth and gather his army again. But during the millennial reign, he won't have any access to the world and uh, Jesus is going to rule with a rod of iron. So, the battle of that great day of God Almighty. The Jehovah's false witnesses, they talk about it as if they know something about it. Uh, The Mormons talk about it. But we we just need to listen to what God has to say about it. And then he says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that, that watcheth. And keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. Now, this coming as a thief. Look back at Revelation 3. In verse 3, the letter to the church at Sardis. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come uh, upon thee. So there he uses that. And then in uh, Matthew 24, we see that again. Matthew 24. Verse 43, I think it is. He says, But know that this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have allowed his house to be broken up. So there was a parable, and he uses that. And then in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5,
chapter 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you for yourselves. Know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Brethren, you're not in darkness, but that they should overtake you as a thief. Well, not in darkness, because you know the word of God, you're, you're not in darkness. And then you have one more in Second Peter uh, chapter 3. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So, this is a common uh, reference as a thief in the night, and what it indicates is, is suddenness and unexpectedness. That's what it indicates. All right, so. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments. Might indicate that his people are still here. I'm sorry, folks. I just have to tell you what it looks like. I can't, I can't explain it away. Uh, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Keep on. There's, the, there, there's the, the force of that. Keep on watching. Keep on. Don't be quitting. Keep on watching. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Armageddon. Or, uh, and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying it is done well I don't believe at the time that John's writing this it was all done but where we are prophetically then that's what he's saying that this is a proleptic pronouncement that it's as if it's already done at this stage at this point so, and there were voices and thunders and lightnings and there was a great earthquake. But notice this, such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great. Now there have been big earthquakes. In the book of Amos, they reference the earthquake. The great earthquake. Nobody's really sure about the absolute date of that. But there was a big earthquake that they referenced that people knew about. Well, one big earthquake that we talk about here is in 1906 in San Francisco. I forgot how many people died. Most of the city burned down. The streets opened up and people fell down. I mean, they went down. Nobody ever saw them again. 
Well, and before that, the uh, New Madrid fault that's down the western part of Kentucky and Tennessee, there was a big earthquake there, and that's the day, that's the time when the Mississippi River ran backwards. And that's when that real foot lake was formed. It's still a viable lake there. Lots of guys go fishing down there, uh, down to extreme west Kentucky and Tennessee. Some of it's in Kentucky. I think most of it's in Tennessee. Uh, anybody heard of Real Foot Lake? That's, that's one. But there's a great big earthquake. So there have been huge earthquakes. You find overseas in these third world countries, they have earthquakes. They lose a lot more people than we do. And it's because they don't have the, the money and the building codes and all of that. Their buildings are not built to withstand an earthquake. But you can just make a building so earthquake-proof. And I'm going to venture to say that this earthquake that he's talking about, there won't be any earthquake-proof buildings. They'll all give in to it, cave in to it. So, when he says, now the Lord is quite capable of telling us that there's coming one, that there's never, ever been one to compare with it. I mean, he made us, you know. He sits on the throne and has never left. And so, just like when he said, for then shall there be Great tribulation such as was never since the beginning of the world or, or ever will be as the great tribulation. So when the Lord tells you it's, it's the biggest and the most severe, probably ought to believe that. So, and the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And there we go again with the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Uh, and every island fled away and the mountains were not found. That means they were shaken down. We got some of that in the first half. With the opening of the sixth seal, every mountain and island moved out of its place. And it looks to me like all of this is going on during this whole seven year period, the great tribulation and the wrath of God, that all of it is working to make the earth ready for the millennial reign. Jesus called it, I think it's Matthew 21. He called it, no, Matthew 17, in the regeneration. Well, you could put out there remodeling. There's going to be a drastic remodeling of the whole earth during all this time. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of punishment too, a lot of vengeance. But at the same time, there's going to be, there's going to be so much livable land Developed during this time. You see, we've got 
there's very little of our land that's that's developed. Somebody talking about the about the, the Grand Canyon. What would you do with the Grand Canyon in your backyard? You have to keep your kids inside. It'd be nothing but danger to them. Somebody said it's a useless piece of real estate. <laughs> you can't raise, you can't graze, you can't do anything with it. Just have people come and look at it, ooh and all. But the way I'm understanding it, there's going to be this regeneration. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see the Grand Canyon filled in. What about these 26-mile mountains? Well, what about all the oceans? Well, you bring all that stuff down, the oceans are going to recede back. <laughs> so, it's going to be ready. The earth's going to be ready. Verse 21, now, finishing this thing up. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven. I don't know that I've ever been in a hailstorm where it's a real big hail. I don't, but I remember some, you know, close to golf ball size. But it beat your roofs up, it beat everything up. Oh, yeah. You better get under, you better get under something substantial. A great hail fell out of heaven. Well, when it says out of heaven, I don't think it came from the third heaven. It's just the first heaven. Every stone about the weight of a talent. Best I can figure, at this time, a talent was about 95 pounds. Anybody remember going to an ice house? They had a big ice house down on Pine, right at the end of Pine Street and High Street. It burned just before I got on the fire department. We used to go there all the time. There was another one up here off of uh, 3rd Street in Walton, another big ice house there. And that's only two I actually remember in Lexington. Oh, boys. They bring those 100-pound blocks of ice, those ice tongs, pick those 150 and 100-pound blocks of ice, and you had to have an ice pick. You go there in the morning to get you a 50, 100-pound block of ice. You got your wooden keg that you put your ice and water in to drink, and you take that ice pick and bust it up and put it in there. Well, that lasts you all day long. Big. But let me tell you what. A hundred pound block of ice, of course they were square. They'd come out of a mold. A hundred pound block of ice, if you carried two of them, you was ready to set them down when you got there. Fifty pound was bad enough. But a hundred pound. But now wait a minute. We're talking about them 95 pounds. I don't think five pounds would have made that much difference. 95 or 100. Falling out of the sky. And I don't know, Dave. You, you're into all that skydiving and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, a 95-pound block of ice or ball of ice, 
it's going to fly how many miles an hour? About. Just, is that all? <laughs> what would that do to your roof? You're not going to have a roof. Where are you going? If you, only way you could do it would be in a cave. Anyway, so, and here we go again. Men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. On top of everything else, you got a hail like that. And they still don't. I, I give, Lord. <laughs> I think Nebuchadnezzar, I think when the Lord gave him his mind, I think he gave. I think he surrendered. He doeth according to his will in the armies of heaven and on earth. I think he surrendered. These people are not surrendered, not at all. And a million years in hell, they still won't surrender. All right. We'll take chapter.